You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Yeah, hey, both of us are talking at the same time. It's like, hey, Brian, how you doing? This is John and Brian Manning at Gobbler Country. We're just fired up to talk Hokies tonight. Sorry, guys. Yeah, it's one of those days. We haven't really had a couple of recording sessions in a while, and there's lots to talk about. And the thing that came out that was kind of really exciting and we wanted to talk about on the podcast, not just a kind of flash article, is the football schedule was published. Brian, I'm going to kind of dish this to you right now. How do you feel about it? Yeah, the the football schedule came out, and when I first saw that we had so many home games, I was excited because hopefully we're we're allowed to go back next year, and because it, it's we missed it this year, fans, media, all of you know, all of us, you missed that part of it. But when I saw the schedule, and and I saw a couple of things I really liked early in the year when we opened the season with North Carolina and Blacksburg. It's kind of weird. It's going to be played on either September 2nd or 3rd. They don't know that yet, but it's a night game in, in Blacksburg. That's going to be fun. I hope we can beat the Hills because that's that's the game I look for every year. That That's the one I want to win the most. That's just me. And then on October 9th, we host Notre Dame. Notre Dame is replacing Ian Buck at quarterback. Catch him a little early in the season this past year. We were better early in the season, so that may play to our strengths. It all depends on how what we get out of the quarterback position this year. But as I went through the schedule and I saw later in the in the year, we end the season with four out of five games on the road. That that concerns me. And beginning on October 30th against Georgia Tech, then we play just six days later, we go from Atlanta on the 30th on a Saturday to Chestnut Hill against a much improved Boston College team with the new coach Jeff Halfley on a Friday night game. That stretch concerns me. Then we go back on the following Saturday. We get to come back to Lane Stadium against Duke, and then we follow up with two road games to end the season with Miami and in Virginia. So that's the thing that, that that I took away from it was that that last stretch there was, is a little concerning. I don't know who does these schedules because there's a little unbalanced to me because I know that we look at the early part of the schedule and we get several home games. Games, I prefer it to be a little more balanced. What, what about you, John? Yeah, I'm I'm a zigzag fan myself. I like to see like it every other week on and off sort of thing. I know it's not always completely possible to do, but I think that sometimes these schedulers don't work very. It's a binary thing. Oh, well, you had two in a row at, at home here. Wait, forget that. Sit down and look at the, each of the school schedules and do your best to position it so that these kids aren't whipsawed around or they're not driven off the campus for three weeks in a row or four weeks in a row. It's So you're playing as a natural underdog on four games. Even if you're favored, you're still an underdog in somebody else's stadium in a lot of respects. The scheduling is not good, and unfortunately, Tech has a tendency to get beat up in the scheduling. We've seen it before. We've all complained about it before. Yeah, I think that that stretch from October 30th to November 27th, I think that's a just a really tough stretch. And you got to remember, these are still just college kids. That part that really worries me is the game coming on a 
or Saturday in Atlanta, and then you go all the way to Massachusetts on a Friday. I mean, that's six days. That's not a true six days because you get you got to figure travel into that. So it's going to be a tough week. And Georgia Tech's gotten better under Jeff Collins. It's not really shown up yet in the win column, but that they're much improved. The recruiting's gotten better. Georgia Tech is sitting on a gold mine. They were they were in that prehistoric offense under Paul Johnson for so long, but they have a recruiting gold mine and the coach there starting to tap into it a little bit. So they're getting better. And Boston College, Halfley in his first year, he's not going to be there long. He's going to get a big time job. He has that program in the right direction for the first that they've been lifeless now for about 15 years, even though they've beaten us a couple of times. That's more of our own failures than it is they were any good. Well, that program has been lifeless, and he's got him heading in the right direction. So that's going to be a really tough stretch. Yeah, it is. We'll see how that shakes out. As I always say, in the long run, it's not a daunting schedule. I don't like the opening with North Carolina. I think that's all BS. I think you do warm-up games and non-conference games for the first two or three games of the season, and you give your teams a chance to get their feet up underneath them before they hit the conference competition. Although yeah, I sure I, would like to get some revenge over them, yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with you on the whole, let's schedule Middle Tennessee first. But one positive thing I can say about this, since Fuente came here in 2016, he's done very well in openers. We've beaten West Virginia in a high-profile opener, and we've beaten Florida State in a high-profile opener. I'm sure I'm missing one there, but th- those two come to mind, and we were outstanding. And those were primetime games where all the eyes were on us, and it'll be that case against North Carolina being a Thursday or Friday. Everybody's yeah, North Carolina's week. lost a lot. That's one thing that yeah, they've I mean, lost everything. That's the good thing about facing them opening game. They're losing both stud running backs who are going to be picked by the third round, both stud receivers. I mean, they have had good recruiting classes to replenish that, but they're not going to replace those guys in the first part of the season. Biggest thing for them is they got Sam Howell back, but Howell's going to be throwing to different guys. So it's good to catch him early. Yeah. So that And early in the season where working that rhythm and, and seeing how things work out, you know, get, getting into that pacing that quarterbacks need. I think in this case, playing them in the opener could benefit the Hokies. Just because I think, like you mentioned, they've lost so many. Daz Newsome, Diami Brown, Javante Williams, and Michael Carter. Just a ton of talent. They've lost some defensive players, too. So that's a lot of talent to replace. It'll be exciting if we get our credentials back because they can have at least half a stadium felt something. Some number of people, it, it'll be exciting to get back to work again, won't it? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and to start off at night in the heat of the summer, I'm not actually minding that at all. No, and I believe the Hokies will have a, a little bit of a veteran look of, of their team because you'll have Burmeister back at quarterback. You'll have most of the offensive line back. I figure Tenuto may slide over to left tackle with Smith at left guard with Hoffman. I think Johnny Jordan, the kid from Maryland, may slide in at center and Brock Hoffman will move over to right guard. That's what I'm going to guess is going to happen for that game. But they're all experienced. It's not going to be a bunch of guys going yeah. to play in the first snap. She'll have Turner back, Mitchell back. Blackshear back. I really hope that they know how to use Blackshear this year. I mean, he should have been a weapon this year. I believe Holston can fill some of the carries that Khalil Herbert departed. He's not the same player, but he can be very good. I think what we saw in the small sample size from Holston this year looked like a different player. Looked like he could play in the NFL. I'm really excited to see him get a chance next year, but I really want to see Blackshear and Mitchell featured. Mitchell needs to have 60, 70 catches. We need to feature Mitchell. We've got to have that three-layer route instead of the two-layer route. 
and we need to have the intermediate routes up. And until they start running those, you know, the tight ends are still going to be these weird reverse rollout flip receivers. But okay, that's the football schedule. Now let's talk about the rest of the schedule that really at this point makes the biggest difference in the world because we're going to switch from the gridiron to the basketball court. And the men's basketball team is the most frustrating and exciting and fun and everything else you can imagine. But the one thing it hasn't been is totally consistent but it's been all over the place and still winning. We dropped a little bit down to 17, 18 in the polls, but we're, you know, from where we were, it was 16 or whatever. So it's like two places in the polls for a 500 road split. That's not too shabby. We have been in the polls longer now this season than we have in ages, haven't we? Yeah. And it's, it's a credit to Mike Young. When he came to Virginia Tech last year, well, it'd be two years now, essentially. It's the second year, but he came to, to here. It was a bare cupboard. I think he inherited, when guys were leaving everything, he inherited like three scholarship players, something ridiculous like that. He filled out last year's team with freshmen, transfers, et cetera. But what he did, I mean, the credit, we got to give Buzz Williams the credit. While Buzz Williams may have left the cupboard bare as far as talent, Buzz Williams raised the profile of this program, and, and I will always be grateful for him for that. But Coach Young, so happy he's here. He's outstanding. He is a coach. He's a great scheme-wise. Just He's a great coach, tactician. Jahar could tell us all about that. But he's outstanding with that in, on both ends of the floor. But he can recruit, too, and he's smart. He was smart enough to know that he needed to hire a strong staff, which he did. And he's got a good staff, a couple future head coaches maybe on that staff, too. So what he's done here with this year, staying in the top 25 all year, even when they lose, they come back, get two, three wins. I mean, it's really special what he's building here. And this is only his second year, and he's doing it with a young team again. He brought Kive Aluma over from Wofford. Aluma and Pitor are two of the biggest players on this team. I remember when he was hired, I could see people out there. I'm not saying it was just Hokie fans, but I could hear laughing because these guys were Wofford players and they're going to be playing the ACC. Now who's laughing? Kevin Luma, in my opinion, should be highly considered for the ACC player of the year. He won't get it because he's not scoring 22 points a game. He doesn't play on Tobacco Road, but those guys could tour. He's a different player this year. Couture showed the flashes last year, but he wasn't, he was so inconsistent. Now he's coming off the bench and every single game that he's come off the bench, he's made a difference in some way. Even if he wasn't scoring big, he was defending well. You know, he was making a difference on the court. He was getting assists. He was getting rebounds. What I like about this team is when one guy's off, another guy's stepping up. Like Jalen Cohn's been, Jalen Cohn's our sharpshooter one of the best three-point shooters in the nation. Well, he's been ice cold from three-point range for a few games now. Couture stepped up, stepped up, and, ca- and has carried the team. Allen's been really good, but he's struggled a couple of different games, and Couture picks it up, and that's a mark of a of a good team. And, and you know, with, with the absence of Tyrese Radford over the past couple of games, we've gotten to see more of, of the freshman, Bamasil, and we saw last, he played a key role last week, and it's good getting these guys experience, and hopefully when we get Radford back, which is this weekend, hopefully, these guys will be better because they've gotten experience. Bamasil, Maddox, and, and Gesson's playing more of a role the last few weeks. It's encouraging for the future of the program that, that we're getting some of these young guys that we brought in key minutes during ACC play. Well, it's the home stretch now for the regular season. We got six more games left. Florida State's game here was postponed. The next game has been pushed 
to Tuesday the 16th. So we aren't even playing this weekend now. They pushed it all the way to Tuesday, and we're playing well, yeah. North Carolina and Chapel Hill on Tuesday. Has the uh, Louisville game Saturday still happening, or has it already been postponed? It isn't even on the list. They were supposed to play Louisville on Saturday in Blacksburg, and the Hokies need that win if if they play. They need that win really badly because, as you know, as we weren't, I went and wrote over it in a post in a wrap of a game earlier this year when they lost to Louisville by, by two points in Louisville earlier in January. They haven't beaten Louisville since the Metro Conference days. Now, mind you, they've not all been in the same conference for the last 30, 30 years. There was a 20-some-year stretch there where they were in different conferences, but since that time, though, it's been several games, like 15 games. Yeah, it looks like them. the game has been pulled off the schedule completely because I'm sitting here looking at the Hokie Sports page right now as we talk, and the Louisville game's been pulled out of the Saturday schedule. North Carolina on Tuesday. Florida State, if it still holds, remember the Florida State game for the ninth, which was last night that was supposed to happen, didn't happen. And Florida State is a serious contender for being a pain in the neck in a hard game. We were supposed to play Florida State on Saturday, February 20th. And then we finish up with, let me see, Louisville. Louisville's been moved to March 3rd. Yep, I just, just read it now. That just came out today. So, yeah, it's so brand new it's... news. And NC State is March 6th. I see nothing for Virginia. I see the makeup for Louisville and the makeup for NC State. And no Florida State makeup. No, for that first, that postponed Florida State game. And if I'm the Hokies, I don't reschedule. There's really nowhere to move these games because the ACC tournament schedule for around March 11th, March 10th. There's no way know. to move it's these games. March 9th, just first round March 9th. But I'm getting the feeling, okay, this is just rumors right now, okay? It's completely unsubstantiated, guys. It's just rumors that are floating around Twitter. You can look them up if you want. There's rumors that they're talking about an ACC tournament cancellation or a reduced size ACC tournament where it's only going to be like the top six teams or something like that. So we'll see how that one goes because it's going to butt right up against March Madness. And you know, and I know, they aren't going to move the NCAA tournament without serious consideration. Me personally, John, is I, I'm a huge ACC tournament fan, and I have been since I was a little kid. That's one thing I don't want to see jeopardized again this year. So if it means just not rescheduling a couple of those regular season games, I'm all for it. Let's have the ACC tournament. If you can make that up in the tournament, right? Well, there's... There's always a Cinderella in these tournaments. Then that's the exciting part about March. You're going to have a team, and you're especially going to get a Cinderella this year because of the craziness this year. You're going to have a team come out of nowhere and win. More than ever, an underdog could win a conference tournament in, in the ACC. There's no, despite the who's being 10-1 in conference play, there's, there's not a dominant team in the conference. Virginia is the best team in the conference, but it's not dominant. The Hokies are certainly a top three team in the conference. We know yeah. that. But this is a year where I feel like a team lower in the tournament can win it. And let's just hope it's not Duke. I, I will say it's nice to see them under 500. I expect Coach K to go out with a back injury anytime, but, you know, not wishing any ill will toward him, just, just well, going on his history. He doesn't like to lose. I and, would love to see it with Duke being less than 500, having no consideration at the tournament and ending up Duke in the NIT. That would feel so good. Last year, North Carolina got lucky. They were horrible last year, but when the NCAA tournament was canceled, they got it kind of a pass because nobody knew they didn't make the tournament because 
the season was was over. So hopefully that doesn't happen. But we're going to have the NCAA tournament, so that's going to happen in Duke unless they get seriously hot here. There's no way they can justify making the NCAA tournament. The big show is going to dictate whether or not their conference championships is just going to happen. Well, you know, it's nice to talk about good news. It's nice to talk about good things for a change. Check out the sports review article. It'll be up forever because none of our articles are removed. But the wrestling team is ranked number four and firing on all cylinders. It was funny is the golf team, the men's golf team, finished a, their opening season tournament number one. The women's team ended up like fifth, tied for fifth in a tournament that nobody expected them to show up in. And softball starts out, and three of the softball players were picked as ACC stars. And it's one of those things that we're going to have our next our next podcast. We'll be talking about baseball. So I'm going to ask Brian to get smart about the roster because the baseball team is almost completely new again this year. It's really wild. So if everybody in this day and age with all of this stuff going on will stick with us, Keep hoping for the best. Keep hoping for a normal spring practice. Fuente was saying when he was interviewed, when they said about spring practice, he said, they said, well, how are you dealing with spring practice? And he said, in pencil. So, you know, we're still kind of fighting this thing while people are waiting to get shots and and the confidence level builds up the fact that this stuff is working. We'll all have to kind of deal with it in pencil, right? It's, It's here to stay, unfortunately, it seems. Yeah. And... There's one thing that isn't in pencil. It's in big, dark, Sharpie marker. And it says, go Hokies. Go Hokies. Go Hokies.